0: Tombstone, minute by minute. I'm your co-host Rob, and with me, Joe's here. Good evening, good
1: afternoon, good morning, whatever it may be. I'll uh, say this for the last time in your
0: neck of the woods. Mm. So we're on minute one twenty-seven. Credits are still playing. um Before we jump into that, I feel bad, Joe. I had promised last week. We had promised we were going to give a hint for our next minute-by-minute minute podcast on Monday, so, and I not giving a hint was, was the hint. hint. We're not doing yeah. one. <laughs> There's the <laughs> It's not true. It was a next level uh, hint. So I, so far, we've given a lot of hints. It's a '90s film. It's a period piece. It's on Netflix as of right now. Uh, there are more deaths in it than in Tombstone. We will unveil what it actually is on Thursday. But until then, uh, I can tell you that two important actors who are in Tombstone are also in this film. So that is our final hint. If you get the it scary thing about release. your
1: hints for most of them yeah. was like a lot of most of that, but not quite all. Also applies to Schindler's List. <laughs> and I can't think of a, a less appropriate movie to give the minute-by-minute <laughs> treatment. <laughs> Yeah, it is not Schindler's List. I just, God, who, to be clear, oh, man. it is not Schindler's List, and it's not Saving Private Ryan. To be
0: okay. clear, to be clear. Uh so before we jump into today's topic, Joe. A uh, couple things. Uh, can you give us our Amazon review of the day for Tombstone? Sure, can. <clears throat> Here we go. This is a. Uh, this is a two-star
1: review. We like the concept of these, but it's been two months, and the three we used have come off. Perhaps sanding the surface would lead to success, but then the furniture would be ruined. As of now, we just removed the sticky residue, not easy, re-cleaned and reapplied new stickies, but will be more hesitant in the future to purchase them because I foresee this being an issue when our little one reaches the age where he actively picks at them. Stuck to press wood, solid wood with lacquer finish, and glass tabletop.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Pretty confusing review of Tombstone.
0: (laughs) Is that really underneath Tombstone?
1: Yeah. So, I I see two possibilities here. Okay. Possibility one. This is a mistake.
0: Okay. Yep. Could (laughs) be. And they meant to review
1: something else. Other possibility. To protect their hardwood floor surfaces, they Mm -hmm. buy DVDs. And put them on the bottom of the legs of their tables.
0: There's a third option. Okay. It's a little bit of both. Perhaps they ordered an actual tombstone online from Amazon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they bought used tombstones yeah. and like with other people's names on them. And they tried just sanding it. To, re, to put a new name on it.
0: <laughs> and they just end up putting some sticky stuff on it. But yeah, they're, they're afraid, just like, oh, we'll just, just put stickers it. on it. The kids will peel it off.
1: Here lies Lester Moore. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. That feels like I cheated a little bit there, but that was legitimately on there. Here's yeah, a two-sentence two review that will lead to our, our little warm-up question. Okay. okay. I hated it. My husband liked it. Different tastes.
0: <laughs> there we go. Two stars. Yeah, I think it was two stars. Yeah. Do you think she made her husband review as well, just to kind of clear it up? Like well, as, uh, didn't I send account? you
1: one for the? I sent you one for the next movie that we're doing. That I almost said the name of. Yeah. And it was like the opposite of that. Uh, my girlfriend loves this movie. I hated it whatever i yeah. think was there with you. <laughs> so i was going to ask you what's the most divisive film in your relationship has there been one that you hated and, and she loved or vice versa that led to a spat a dispute oh. oh that's a really good question joe so for me uh my my lady friend and i went and saw the lobster okay or, for you know that's what you that's the kind of dates you can go on with me ladies <laughs> <laughs> and i was really excited to see it and because i love colin farrell <laughs> i don't know if we've gotten into that in this podcast but we have not i i, I love him and uh, that movie is a difficult watch could we say as yes <laughs> extremely dark sense of humor which i have as well and i so the first half of that movie i thought was pretty funny and i really liked it and there's a scene with s- some uh, violence against an animal. And she just got up and walked out of the theater. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, oh, maybe she just had to go to the bathroom. And, like, 15 minutes went by and she still did not come back. And I was like, oh, boy, what am I supposed to do here? I want to watch the rest of this movie. Am <laughs> I obligated to leave? Mm. Or if, if, Or if you're a person that walks out of a movie when you're, like, on a date... And to be, this is not like a first date. Actually, weirdly, like, I'm like, oh, if it was a first date, I would have left. But since this person's already stuck with me, I stayed.
0: (laughs) You stayed?
1: Yeah. I was like, well, if I hated a movie so much that I walked out, I wouldn't expect the other person to leave. I would just, like, I'd just walk to a bar near the theater and just have a beer and wait. Okay. And I, I genuinely wouldn't be upset. Like, I'd just pick, well... I'm not, you know, I hated it, but that shouldn't necessarily ruin it for that person.
0: Different tastes, whatever.
1: (laughs) I, uh, I, I learned after it that I did not handle it correctly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have a great answer for this. Uh, the one, only one I could think of for a movie that I enjoy and my wife does not like is Groundhog Day. She doesn't like Groundhog Day because it repeats itself, Joe. <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah. That's the point." <laughs> I was like, "I don't want to watch that." And I was like, oh. "I will say though that the most divisive uh mass media thing we've ever had in an argument and I was upset. And were maybe, you hot? I was hot. Maybe didn't handle it well. It was early on when we were dating, so Many many years ago, Cheryl Crow <laughs> had come out with a song "Sweet Child of Mine," which is a you cover. You got in a fight
1: about Cheryl Crow,
0: which is a cover of Guns N' Roses, and she said she liked that version more than the Guns N' Roses version. <laughs> and I didn't. And you didn't I, just go, "Huh, okay." I sure it's a different taste. Whatever. <laughs> I could just picture you just erupting. Yeah. Your vo- you raised your voice, didn't you? I was very upset. I remember just thinking, like, how can I trust her? <laughs> like, with that sort of thought. I, she, I'm she, not going to let her
1: raise my son. <laughs> not someone who takes a <laughs> so throw was... over guns and roses.
0: <laughs> so this was a very long time ago. This is probably uh, 15 years ago that that conversation happened. We persevered, though different tastes oh man whatever uh whatever (laughs) uh i have my one credit comment on this movie uh on this minute we see that the armorer of the movie is Thel reed which i thought was armorer okay um this is his first movie with that as his role uh and it looks like he's Became an armorer for a lot of movies like L.A. Confidential, Quick in the Dead, The Rundown, Miami Vice, Django Unchained. So good for him. Yeah, it's a career that came from that. So that is my fun fact about Thel Reed. Good job, Thel. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So today I thought maybe this would be something we should have. Oh, we still got time. Hey, if we don't finish or if we go long, who cares? It's our last okay. week. Um, so I, w- I thought today we could talk about how our opinions on this film have changed or evolved since doing this podcast.
0: Sure. So uh, we decided to do this because I was inspired by Star Wars Minute um, and kind of you know convinced Joe to, to do this with me. And we quickly decided on Tombstone being a great movie to do because we both love it. We've discussed this at length in this in this podcast. Um, But going through it, it's weird because this is sort of a a weekly thing we do. We sort of, you know, research, watch a few minutes of the movie, take notes, record. And I've kind of found myself ebbing and flowing on my feelings on that based off my feelings on the movie as well. So at first, I was super excited. Every time I did a minute and watched a minute, I was just delighted. And then we hit, like, horseback riding week and some of the slower parts of the movie – And I sort of was like, oh, man, we have a long ways to go. Uh, And then as we've sort of jumped back into it, and even having our Huckleberries on and hearing their opinions, and some of them are people who've watched this movie and know it really well. Others have sort of recently started watching it. um, I find myself when I am uh, looking up stuff on Tombstone or I see a clip or anything or even like a screen grab from this movie, I'm like, I still really love this movie. And now I'm kind of back to like, it it has that uh, that ability that like a great um, like cable movie does when like you flip channels you're like oh oh I can jump in right here and I'm 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 not changing the channel so uh, I still really enjoy this movie but I kind of had a dark time <laughs> during horseback riding week where I didn't feel that way. Well, there's a lot for you to not like
1: in that that sequence. Yeah, you know, horses. Love. Things that just things that make me uncomfortable. So until the new <laughs> cut comes out with the meatloaf song over that that scene. <laughs> yes. I watched this movie all the time throughout the '90s and a little bit into the early 21st century, and then kind of didn't really actually sit down and watch it all the way through. I've probably been ten years. Okay. Uh, between when I'd watched it all the way through and doing this podcast. like I'd seen bits and pieces on TV or like you see little clips online and you laugh. And, and I'd, I'd seen it probably 50 times, so it's not like I didn't remember it that well. But there, a, a, what happened between the period when I stopped watching this movie you know, once or twice a year, maybe more than that, and picking it back up with this podcast is I just saw a lot more Kurt Russell movies. Oh, uh, okay. That I had seen, you know, because I, I, I didn't see most of his best movies until I was in college or later. Whereas most, the bulk of my viewing of this movie was like late, was probably like middle school, late elementary school through high school. So I wasn't exactly watching like, un- unfortunately, because I, I would have loved him back then, but I never saw Escape from New York, I don't think, or... Mm-hmm. I know I didn't see Big Trouble in Little China until after high school. So the the interesting thing about this movie is that it was probably the first Kurt Russell movie that I saw and one of the only Kurt Russell movies that I saw. And what happened in the intervening period is I saw all of these movies where Kurt Russell is so much better in them than he is in this movie that now coming back to it, I just feel like it's just such a sad waste uh, of... What I like best about Kurt Russell, and I have come around to this this blistering hot take. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. I think that in this movie, Kurt Russell should have played Curly Bill, and Powers Booth should have played Wyatt Earp. It would have been better. Hmm. That is interesting.
0: I kind of, I kind
1: of like it. It gives Kurt Russell more scenery to chew, although much less screen time. Yeah. And Powers Booth so seldomly got to play that kind of a role. I really would have enjoyed getting to see him do it. Like he's always just this sort of like menacing dark figure so often, you know, but I think he would have, I'm sure he would have been really good at it. And uh, I, I, I don't know that he would necessarily be better than Kurt Russell was as wider, but I, I do think
0: he would have, at worst, done a very credible job. I do, do you wonder if part of that, part of Kurt Russell not being as great in Tombstone as he is in other films, is this sort of what was going on behind the scenes with, you know, Kevin Jarb, the writer and director, being fired, and then Cosmados coming on, and, like, sort of all this talk of you know, Kurt Russell really saved this movie behind the scenes. Like, Do you think he might have just been exhausted from that, that he probably wasn't putting in what he normally would as an actor? I, I don't think that it's necessarily
1: like his performance. I think the problem with the movie and with the way they utilize him is they take a character who I think we both agree by the end of this movie isn't really a hero. He's an, kind of an anti-hero at best. He does a really sure. lot of really bad things in this movie. Yeah, And if they would have just embraced that, and let kurt russell be a little bit more evil and and be a little darker in this role it would have been a heck of a lot better but instead he kind of is trying to act perform in the way that any classic western you know pre vietnam hero would be acting when it really should have been sort of a a, a darker more anti
0: you know 1970s take take on I, the, on the on the main character i actually disagree I actually think it would have been better to go the other way with him and make him a straight hero. Oh, well, like,
1: I mean, I guess if they... So by so you'd be rewriting the movie and, and getting rid of yes. a lot of the... Okay, yeah. If I mean, yeah. that would have been better, I agree. But if we are going to tell the story in the basic way that it's being told, then, then I think they should have let him be just a little... just kind of bring a little bit more of his snake Pliskin kind of attitude to it.
0: Sure. Be- because my concern, well not my concern, but like six months after this came out, Wide Earp comes out. And Wide Earp is sort of more of a darker, slower, churning, I think it's 190 minutes long or some absurd length. Um, and it's interesting in that, uh, that movie, like the kind of the performance of Tombstone and Wide Earp are sort of flipped. I think Tombstone had a twenty-five million dollar budget and made about fifty-six million dollars at the box office, whereas Wide Earp had a sixty-three million dollar budget and only made twenty-five million. So, um, I and I, I guess just anytime you have like twin movies come out that are about the same topic, they'll so always be compared. Um, but I just think more and more, I just wonder like with Doc Holliday, we already have that anti-hero. In your in your movie, so like you don't need you don't need that out of especially in how over the top this movie is. You don't need that out of out of Wyatt.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. I, I just think I just feel like he's being like Carusel's being restrained this entire time. Not that I want him to just go completely off the rails, but I just think that the best parts of this movie is when you can you can see him just barely able to – that he's barely able to maintain control, like when he's slapping around uh, Johnny Tyler. Yeah. Like, that's when Kurt Russell's strengths start to come out a little bit. Yeah, and I, that's I true. sort of – like, he doesn't too often get to do straight love scenes in his movies. I guess back then he maybe did a little bit more than he does now, obviously, but it's just not – I don't know. It just – it's a really cool, fun movie, but for how fun and over-the-top this movie is, Kurt Russell's decidedly not very fun and not very over-the-top at all. The, uh, but I
0: guess maybe it doesn't work if he is that way. I guess you have a point. The, the last point, kind of as new perspective, sort of learning about this movie as we do this minute by minute, kind of, it kind of a great what-if is what if a studio had confidence in this? Because they were so scared off by Wide Earp and just how this production went that they kind of just, you know, sent it out <laughs> in December, didn't give critics time to see it, and kind of buried it. And it was still like, I think, like number 20 uh, in 1980 or 1993 at the box office. Um, so it still did pretty well, especially considering it didn't, you know, it didn't have a big opening weekend. It just essentially came out, had a, I think it was third in box office over christmas then the next week it was still third then the week after that it was still third and then it dropped out of the top 10 a few weeks later and then it was just done it's just not so it kind of makes you wonder if they had confidence in this and weren't worried weren't spooked by costner and wider what this would have been
1: yeah or if they would just hired a capable director from the start someone you know yeah Took a risk on who wasn't the a first timer. time doing it, and uh, if it would have just been, I don't know, I can't think of someone from that yeah. era off the top of my
0: head that could have done it. But um, I don't know someone. Cool. I mean, Sam Raimi, he did <laughs> Young in the Dead or the Quick, Quick in the, in the Dead. Dead shortly after that, right? So um, him directing this would have been super interesting. Yeah, the OK
1: Corral shootout would have been pretty pretty fun.
0: Yeah. But then uh, Bruce Campbell would
1: have played Doc Holliday instead of Val Kilmer, although that maybe would be okay. No. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> he Actually, Bruce played. Campbell should, – Who
0: should Bruce Campbell have played? Curly Bill? Or Johnny I Ringo? I was thinking uh, – If you go bad guy, it could be Johnny Ringo or Curly Bill, but I don't want Powers Booth replaced. Um, could he have played Bill Paxton? Could he have played Morgan? Yeah. Yeah. That would have been interesting. But I don't want
1: Bill Paxton to get the boot either. Yeah, I don't. You, that's it, why actually, not even... uh, uh, the uh, 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 han would have been the best role for him. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. I'm, I'm All with right. You on so, that. per usual, that sort of went off the rails a bit, but that's, that's fine. okay. Um, um, yeah, that's that's probably enough. So, yeah, uh, any final thoughts on on this?
0: Well. We'll be back, uh, I guess, tomorrow then. We have a Huckleberry tomorrow. Two straight days of Huckleberries. Yeah, so we'll be the next few days kind of transitioning
1: away from, (laughs) if you can call what we do, talking about this movie. And sort of (laughs) moving to sort of broader topics. Uh, So tomorrow we'll be talking about the Western as a genre, its recent Mm -hmm. past, its future, with a special guest, who I know has been thinking a lot about this question. Uh,
0: And I, I hope everybody enjoys it. Yep, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with the uh, minute one twenty-eight. <laughs>